Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. We're, in, we're looking at glimpses of glory. Glimpses of glory. The glory of the Lord. That, that phrase, that phrase appears 109 times in Scripture. And in this chapter we're going to be looking at today, it appears three or four times. And I just want you to see it in the context of what God is doing. The glory of the Lord literally means God manifesting Himself, doing and being what God alone can do and be. It's God's essence or presence prevailing the atmosphere, declaring and demonstrating Himself in person and in power and in presence. But the question is, why? Why would God want to manifest His glory? We discovered last week there's two reasons that God wants to manifest His glory. wants to be present in the atmosphere. wants to show us who He really is. Number one, that people would know that He's the Lord. He's the Lord God. And number two, that people would turn their hearts back to Him or toward Him. And let me just tell you this. Nothing challenges my faith and I believe our faith like expecting to see the glory of God. The real battle that we have is believing. It's just believing it. You see, there's all kinds of ways we can justify, rationalize, reason why God shouldn't have to show His glory. I mean, after all, we've got the Bible, we've got the book, we've got the blessing, we've got all these things. Why would God have to do anything else to show us who He is? We even, some people even deny that there's a need for it. But I want to show you a verse. It's in John 11, verse 40, and I'm going to read it through the Amplified. The Amplified says this, verse 40 of John 11. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you, did I not promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? Jesus is saying it. Jesus is promising it. Well, who's the her? Well, in the context, it's Martha. And Jesus says this to Martha in the context of raising Lazarus from the dead. That sounds pretty glorious to me. What I want to do this morning is I think we can learn from Martha in her battle and in her progression that I want to see you to see of her faith. Because I've found that most of us, we we talk about faith, but we we have a need there. We have a need. There's a battle in your mind about believing. And so let's look at verse 1 of chapter 11. There's a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Verse 3, Therefore the sisters sent to Jesus him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God. Same phrase. A manifestation of God. That the Son might be declared or manifested through it. Jesus then stays two more days after He says this, this is for the glory of God. 
And uh, then he says, uh, Lazarus sleeps. He says to his disciples, Lazarus sleep, but I go to, that I may wake him up. And they said, well, if he's asleep, then uh, maybe he's recovering. In verse 14, I mean, yeah, 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Think about that. I'm glad we weren't there so that you could believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. That's the first believe in this chapter. Lazarus has been dead four days. I think there's eight believes in here. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Literally, the Greek, I love this. It says he's a four-day man. He's a four-day dead. He's four-day dead. Lazarus is four-day dead. You say, well, what difference does that make? In the Jewish tradition of that time, they believed that the spirit of the person that dies stays around the body for three days. But four days, bury him. He's gone. In other words, he's dead, dead. Even they didn't believe that he was alive anymore. He's the four-day dead man. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Martha hears that Jesus is coming and she goes out to meet Him. And, and here's what I want you to see in verse 21. It reveals, Martha reveals her circumstantial faith. Her circumstantial faith. Look at verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see, Martha believed if the circumstances were right, and that would have been Jesus being present, her, her brother wouldn't have died. Martha believed that uh, now things had changed. She believed that when things looked possible, she had seen Him heal the sick, she had seen Jesus do those things, she had even spoken the Word and they had been healed. But now Jesus is, excuse me, now Lazarus is dead. You see, her faith at the moment depended on right circumstances. It's easy to believe when things are believable, isn't it? It's easy to believe when it's believable. But what about those days when you can't feel Him? And although you know He is, everything looks like He's not. It's easy to talk about trusting Jesus in church and, and when everybody's praising and praying. But what about, what about when those things are impossible? They get impossible. Often we find our faith, our expectation... Like Martha, circumstantial. But it says, I read this, but she tries to cover it well. Because she says in the next verse, verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. In other words, she's saying, I think I just blamed Jesus for not being here. Okay, Jesus, I know that whatever you ask God, He'll do it for you. We believe that too. I mean, nothing's impossible with God. We believe that too. We cover well. We know God can do anything. How often do we believe like Martha? Circumstantial. In verse 23, Jesus says something kind of messes her up. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Literally, the, the Greek means your brother will stand up to life again. Stand up to live again. Your brother will rise again. Now that would be glorious, but it doesn't make sense. He's a four-day dead man. 
Well, was this a test? And now you see her faith go from circumstantial to traditional. Verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Now we see the depth of her belief. It's only as deep as her tradition, what she had been taught to be the truth. Jesus had just said to her, your brother will stand up to life again. So her mind went to her fundamental belief, her foundation. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She believed what she had been taught, what others had told her. But here's the question. Did she believe because she believed or did she believe because she wanted to Wanted it to be true. It's easy to believe in teaching and traditions because teaching and traditions are tangible. They're written down. They're proclaimed. It's easy to believe what other people believe. It's also easy to believe something that will be someday. Even the last day. Foundational, traditional. What I'm saying to you is she just had a common hope that Israel had. And not all of Israel. Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Are we any different? Is what you believe based on personal revelation or second-hand information? Is it scriptural or is it cultural? We, we say it this way. Well, I believe what Baptists believe. Well, I believe what Pentecost believe. I believe Pentecostals believe. I believe what Catholics believe. I believe... See, there's a, a tradition of a common faith, the foundation things. And it's not necessarily wrong. I'm just telling you, she wasn't getting the point. And Jesus makes an incredible statement. It's revolutionary. It still is. In the next verse, verse 27. Or 25, I'm sorry. His next words are revolutionary. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to her... I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? These are incredible words of revelation. They still are. We still don't get it. I'm telling you, we don't get what he's saying here. And I'll prove it to you in just a moment. But here's the thing. When do we normally hear these verses quoted or read? At a funeral. At a graveside. Because it's given us hope for someday. That's not what Jesus was saying. This is the seventh miracle of the seven miracles John tells us about. It's the seventh I am statement of the seven times that John records Jesus saying I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus didn't say I was, or I will be. He says, I am. It is the I am that I am right now. Right now, Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. I am the stand up from death life person. I am the life. I'm not going to be life someday. I'm not going to be resurrection someday. I'm not going to be resurrection just in the last day. I am the resurrection and the life And he who believes in, relies on, trusts in, persuaded, convinced of that, will live again, even though he die. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. These are incredible words. Because I I love this in the Greek, and I'm not showing you all the words. I figured you were tired of that. But in the Greek here, 
It says, "You, the man who lives and believes in me shall never die. It just says that, shall never die. But here's, here's it in Greek. No, not ever, not a possible chance shall die. Death being there, the separation from life or the source of life. In other words, there's no possibility for the one who's alive and believing in Jesus Christ to ever really understand and face the death that Jesus was talking about here. You're absolutely free from it in Jesus Christ. You see, we don't get that revelation ourselves. Let me prove it to you. When I say the word resurrection, do you think future? When I say the word die, do you think end? Ending? Final? Finish? Now most of us, let's just be honest. Even though we know what Jesus said, what we hear when He says resurrection is someday. Even though we know what Jesus says, Him being the life, when we hear die, we think termination. Because we're not going to see Him anymore. And we're missing the point of what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to each of us today, I am right now in this moment, in this present moment, the manifest presence of life and resurrection for you. Everything that you need to be life, uh, be alive, I am. Everything that, everything that you need to live on forever and ever, I am. It's not I will be. It's not I was. It wasn't 2,000 years ago. It's not 2,000 years from now. I am right now resurrection in life. You can live in that. Martha, do you believe this? Let me just ask you, do you believe this? Uh, we say we do. Look, the next thing I want to show you, verse 27, is the, the confession of her faith. And I want to tell you, it's incredible. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. This is an incredible statement of faith. Don't discount it. I am not saying anything about her lack of faith. That's not what I'm saying. She said yes to the Lord. She said, I am persuaded, I'm convinced, and I rely on you that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the expected and anointed one, the Son of God, the promised coming one to our world. I believe you're my hope. I believe you're my help. I believe you're my life. Don't take this lightly and don't take your confession of faith lightly. When you said yes to Jesus, when you said yes to what He has done for you on the cross, when you said yes to Him for who He is and what He has proven to be through the resurrection, when you said yes to Him and you were persuaded of it and convinced of it, Jesus forgave your sin and your name was written in the book of life and God added you to the list (laughs) to life. Why? Because you said yes to Jesus. Martha is saying yes to Jesus. She is a believer. Don't take lightly her confession of faith. Martha was a believer. But still, she had to face another aspect of her believing. Which leads it to verse 39. Jesus said, 
Here we see the commitment of her faith. Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, remember, she's just made a confession of faith. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this this time there's a stench, for he's a four-day dead man. Martha still protesting, still not sure, still not trusting, still not knowing. This could be embarrassing. This could be a humiliation to my family. Lord, (laughs) you don't roll away stones at gravesides. There's an etiquette here. There's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. And Jesus, I, I got a feeling you're fixing to do something wrong. There may be a smell. Her total expectation was Lazarus was dead. Now we get back to our text. Did I not say to you, did I not promise you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Was he saying she didn't believe? Here's the next thing. She had to come to the commitment of her belief. When did Martha finally believe and see the glory of God? When she stepped aside to let Jesus be who He said He was. Do what He said He would do. And do what only He could do. Now listen to me. The commitment of her faith was no longer... It wasn't about circumstances. It wasn't about tradition. She was no longer believing in a teaching She was now believing in a person, and His name was Jesus. And He was alive, and He was right there, and He was resurrection and life. She suddenly committed to the statement of what Jesus said He was. And when she did, she saw the glory. Her faith was no longer circumstantial, traditional, or even a confession. It was a commitment. She stepped back, and this is what she saw. Verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Past tense. In other words, Jesus had already asked. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth or a handkerchief. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. And then verse 45, Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in Him. The whole point of the glory of God was that they might know 
He is Lord. And that they might turn their heart toward Him. Where's your faith this morning? Where's your expectation? I'm not saying, do you know Jesus? Where's your confession? Here's the point I'm making. Where are you in the battle of believing? What do you really expect of Jesus? Is it circumstantial? Is it, you'll believe it when it's believable? Is it traditional? You'll believe what the Scripture says? You'll believe what's been taught? Folks, listen. Teaching will only go so far until it reveals the one who it's teaching about. Go for the revelation. Is it just a confession? I've said that I believe. Or is it, I will take a sidestep, and Jesus, I'm going to let you be Jesus. You're Lord, I'm not. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to entrust my life to you. I'm going to entrust all of these circumstances to you. Maybe you're here this morning and there's a stone of unbelief that needs that's across your heart today that Jesus needs to roll away. Maybe you just, you're just as afraid as Martha was. If you really let go and let God, there may be a stink. There may be trouble. Maybe it's hard for you to let go and trust Him completely. What will happen? What will He do? What will your friends say? Will it really work? Here's what Jesus says to you today. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, rely on me, you would see the glory of God. The manifest presence, the fullness of who He is, revealed in the atmosphere of your love and life. Jesus wants you to know Him. He wants you to experience Him. He wants you to encounter Him in a way that will transform the rest of your life. And here's the truth of the matter. Only Jesus can change you. Only Jesus can make you alive inside out forever. Only Jesus. No other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. Why did God raise, why did Jesus raise Lazarus? Here's the point. If He had, he, if he had power to raise Lazarus from the tomb being four days dead he was going to have the power to lay down his life and take it up again for you and me the son's going to be glorified are you hungry for the reality of not just what you've read in scripture but the reality that it can be done today Lord, show us Your glory. Lord, I'm hungry. Show us Your glory. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know when it'll be. I don't know how it will be. I don't even know. Listen, we're going to, on the fifth Sunday, this our family worship on the 30th, I invite you to come. We're going to have testimonies of 28 years ago when we encountered the glory of God in a fresh and a new way for all of us, 
we're going to do that again. We're going to just tell about it. We're going to praise Him. We're going to have a throne room encounter on the 30th. You're not going to want to meet. It's a family worship. Not going to have children. They're going to be in here with us. We're going to invite you to come. But this morning, I think there's an invitation for us from Jesus. Do you believe me? Do you believe this? You see, it's not the circumstances. It's not my traditional teaching. It's not my comfort zone. It's when I just take a step and say, Jesus, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. Show me your glory. I want you to stand with me. I just want us to pray a prayer. It may happen this morning. It may be happening. Here's the thing. I don't want you to leave here thinking, well, the service is over. I want you, what God's going to do is if He shows you His glory, that ain't going to leave. It's not going to stop. You may have feelings. You may have things. We're not going to lay hands on anybody. We're not going to try to make... Listen, we're not going to try to get strange fire or do anything that would manipulate anything. God's God enough to show Himself. And if He's not, we can't help Him. But here's the invitation. From your heart, could you say, show me your glory. From your heart, you invite Him to show you with an expectancy. You see, in verse 46, after this, after it says some of them believed, some of them went and told the Pharisees and they started trying to... They said from that day forward they were going to kill Jesus because everybody was going to believe in Him. And then they tried to kill Lazarus. Well, don't you feel sorry for Lazarus? He had just been brought back from the dead and now they're trying to kill Him again. But here's, here's Martha's faith, a commitment of faith. God, I don't care what's going to happen to me. I care what You're going to do. I care what You're going to do. Show me Your glory. Megan's going to sing. I just want you to just be still. And if you'll say it, you can say it out loud, but you don't have to. I think God's looking at your heart this morning and He's seeing the, the hunger or the intent there. And if you will just say, Lord... I want to see Your glory. I believe. I believe. I believe. Connie, come on up here. I'm going to invite Connie to close us in prayer. Would you welcome my wife? Jesus, I thank You that You pursued Martha. And I thank you that you knew exactly where she was at with every question and with every declaration that you made to her. Because, Jesus, I thank you that it is the intent of your heart to be known. And I thank you that this morning you know exactly where each one of us are. And I thank you that you speak to us. And I thank you that you show us revelation upon revelation that we go from glory to glory of encountering knowing you. And so I, for one, this morning, say I'm stepping aside and I receive and thank you 
be glorified. In your sweet name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 